Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by betonline.eag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, the sports seasons of betting is here. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. It will match your initial deposit up to 50%. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Go to our promo link, BetterHelp.com slash Eagles for 10% off your first month of therapy. More information in the description below. Take care of your mental health. And again, this podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. Co-host Carl Miles, my co-host Ed Kras, as always, Ed. Uh, you know, I was saying about it off air, I'm going to bring it up again. It's funny how the Eagles always find a way to take away the attention from a loss uh, these last two years by making splash shinings yeah. in the middle of the season because it's weird for me to say this. Probably weirder for you because you're in front of him interviewing him, but Julio Jones is a Philadelphia Eagle. Who would have ever thought that was coming? I know, you know, on this show we've been talking about the Eagles need to help a wide receiver. The wide receiver depth was uh, very, very thin and lacking. Uh, and their answer to that is, you know, Julio Jones at the end of his career. So uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that move. What did you think about it? Were you surprised as I was? Yeah, I mean, it just seemed to come from out of nowhere. Although, you know, A.J. Brown said earlier, on Friday that uh, he kind of knew about it for a week, you know, I mean, they've been discussing it. It was in the pipeline. Um, and I guess it was just a matter of giving him some kind of uh, contract or money that would make him happy. I mean, they only signed him to the practice squad. So, you know, I was surprised, but I think it's a win-win. I mean, I don't know what Julio has left. He's 34 years old. There's not a lot of uh, NFL receivers still playing this game at 34, uh, and we've seen him struggle with hamstring injuries the last couple of years. And, you know, he's not the same guy that he was in early in his career, 7,000 yard season, seven pro bowlers, probably a first ballot hall of famer. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think he'll have a role on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be, you know, too big of a role. I mean, they don't want him to hurt his hamstring again. Uh, so I think he'll have a role, but it's, it's he's probably going to be on a pitch count, maybe 15 plays, something like that. Um, you know, and, and he's going to have to show that he's, he's healthy. And that's kind of the win-win is the Eagles didn't have to bring him to the the active roster. They have two weeks really, uh, to kind of figure out if he has anything left, if he can help. Uh, and if he can't, then, you know, probably they move on and they maybe make a trade for a receiver. But right now he's clearly a guy that, you know, they need, they don't have, they have never developed third receiver role this year so far. I mean, you know, Quez Watkins has got the hamstring issue. It's been bugging him all year. And Alamad Zacchaeus, you know, he's only got four catches. I mean, he's he's not the answer at number three. And then you have Devin Allen, Britton Covey, you know, these guys that are, you know, they keep, you know, trying to use a couple plays a game in the slot. But it's just not working out. And they needed somebody. And Julio's certainly a big name, uh, just like. When we talked about this off the air, they went out and got Linval Joseph and then Damakong Su last year after they lost to Washington to help stop the run. And those two guys had plenty left and they helped the Eagles, you know, kick this uh, their Super Bowl drive into another gear. So, you know, we'll see what Julio can do. Um, you know, again, it, it's concerning that he's 34 and he's not the same guy, but he's a good veteran player to bring in and maybe, you know, help, you know, with Devontae Smith. Devontae loves him. You know, Devontae said on the Big Slay podcast with Darius Slay back in the spring that, 
he was the top receiver to come out of Alabama under Nick Saban. You know, he listed his top five and Julio was at the top of the list and AJ Brown and him were tight from their time in Tennessee. AJ looks at him as a big brother. Uh, so he's coming in and, you know, he's beloved in the locker room already. And there's kind of an aura about him in the locker room because he is this big name. He's a hall of fame guy. Um, he's going to wear number 80 in case you're wondering. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was surprised, but we'll see what he has left. I mean, that's, that's what you just hit on it right there. The aura bringing in this big name, who's future hall of famer, uh, to your, your organization, regardless of where he's at in his point of his career is exciting. I'm not gonna lie. It got me excited just for the name value alone got me up out of my chair. So I'm excited. <laughs> and again, you know, they are so bare at the cover. Quest Watkins isn't working out. They're outgrowing him. I agree with you about Zacchaeus. I think a lot of people are campaigning for Zacchaeus to get that wide receiver three role. He's had those opportunities. I don't know what they're missing there. I don't know what they're not. He, he's been given the opportunities with Quest Watkins injuries and, uh, and the inconsistencies of Watkins as well have bought to put Zacchaeus on the field a lot. And he's not making much of his opportunities. If you ask me, in my opinion, either they needed more talent there. And like you said, I mean, Devin Allen and bring Kobe, Kobe's great, really developing into a nice returner for this team, but, uh, these guys aren't NFL caliber wide receivers. They needed some help there. So, uh, you know, a slap on the wrist, not have to pay much. Uh, it, it, it's worth kicking the tires, especially when you're struggling in the red zone and you need more big bodies to get these volume catches in the red zone. I would imagine that's what they thought when they brought in Julio because they didn't just work out him. They worked out uh, Marquise Callaway, who was a big body wide receiver as well. They worked out Des Patton, who was also like that with his uh, experience with Sirianni with the Colts. So they looked like they were targeting Pacific um, body type or uh, skill level for that wide receiver three role. And they settled on Julio after working him out and liking what they saw. So let's see what he can do. I mean, I wouldn't mind a couple touchdowns here or there, especially after, uh, you know, I attended that game in 2019 when he hit the walk-off versus the Eagles. So I feel like he owes us Eagles fans one, you know, just get us one game winner, one exciting memory real quick. Cause I mean, like you said, Joseph and Sue are very old too. And uh, they definitely at the end of their careers and they got off the street in the middle of the season and came in and contributed. So, uh, I don't want to close the door on Julio all the way. I know the hamstring injuries were evident, and he didn't make much of, of anything in Tampa Bay last year with Tom Brady. But, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are uh, young in the tooth compared to what Mike Evans and Chris Goblin were last year with Goblin coming back from injuries and Evans, you know, being the older veteran that he is. Maybe this is the youth injection Julio needs to be around because I think everything in Tampa Bay was falling down last year. It wasn't just Julio's. Uh, not being productive, it was everything was falling apart from that uh, that offense there. Oops, sorry about that. That's my dog there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think this Julio signs nice. I just you know it's funny they they had that game against the Jets uh, where they lose twenty to fourteen yeah. and uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, up until the fourth quarter, I thought was pretty decent if you ask me. It was really the offense and executing, not able to execute once again. Uh, so they're taking the attention away from that loss with this Julio signing. But I you know WIP was talking about it earlier today too or. They think Jalen Hurts is regressing. That was that was the topic this week, and I couldn't agree. I mean, I couldn't disagree more with that. I think there are some struggles, and you know, this offense doesn't seem like it's clicking in all cylinders like it did the year prior. Regardless what the stats say, it just all, it matters about the eye test. Um, but I, I Jalen Hurts regressing, I thought was an odd take when you consider when you watch these games as an Eagles fan and you look at these interceptions. I know he has seven on the season, but I don't think I I would think three of them are his fault in my opinion, from watching all these games. The other four, you know, uncertain, like really bad circumstances. Either he gets hit in the arm or it comes off the receiver's hands. I mean, I I don't know. That's just what I'm. my point of view is. I just wanted to – I was curious what you thought about it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say regressing. I I would say, and and I may have said this here before. I think Jalen. For, well, first of all, you have a new defensive or offensive coordinator in Brian Johnson. Okay, remember we made a big deal last year when Steichen came back in that same role. That hey, this is going to be Jalen's first OC since high school in consecutive years. Now here he is again with the new OC, and I know Brian Johnson was in the building as the quarterback coach, and I know him and his family are tight and all that stuff. But it's still an offense that is a little bit different. And uh, But I think the main thing for him and to me, I mean, I think he is trying to kind of evolve a little bit into more of a pocket passer, just staying in the pocket, maybe trying to make plays with his third reads, uh, you know, and if he has the time. But he's keeping his eyes downfield. Even when he breaks contain, he seems like he still wants to try to make a play with his arm. And I think there's a concerted effort on Hertz's part to play all 17 games in the regular season, something he's never done in his two years of starting. He's suffered the ankle injury and he missed two games two years ago. Last year it was the shoulder, missed two games, came back probably before he was ready to come back. Um, and we, we saw Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis shut down his season with an AC sprain. You know, uh, he's done. And that's, what's, that's what Hurts had. Now, I guess there's different levels of it. Um, but, you know, Richardson needed surgery to repair his shoulder. Hertz didn't have that surgery, so it probably wasn't as bad. But I just think his his focus is going to be on uh, trying to uh, play 17 games. And I think he understands that hey, I'm 25 now. I'm still young, but I can't be just, you know, running haphazardly and put myself at risk. So I need to be able to make more plays um, from inside the pocket or on the move outside the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield and, you know, throwing the ball or trying to get the ball to a receiver. I mean, we've seen it. We saw him do it with Kenny Gainwell against the Jets. He threw it to Kenny Gainwell right at the first down marker, and Gainwell drops the ball. But Hertz is out of the pocket. We've seen him run and try to make plays with his arm on the run. And I think that's just Hertz trying to manage his body to stay healthy for 17 games. So I, I wouldn't call it a regression. You know, I don't know what the, the the sport radio show was talking about or what arguments they were making, but that would be my my thought is he he's not regressing. He's trying to evolve. I think that's exactly what you just have to leave it at that. I don't think I, you could you could even take the injury. I mean, I that's 100% part of it, but you can even take that part of it out. It's a young quarterback adapting to becoming better playing the sport that he's playing. That's all it is. You don't have to make it any more uh, complex than that because – Jalen Hurts has proven to you already he can beat you with his legs. He knows he can. He knows that he can use those in the opportunities that he needs to do so to win games. What he's trying to do is what everybody says that he can't do is beat you with his arm. He's a young quarterback adapting to the game. Just because he got that franchise quarterback deal, just because he's crowned the franchise quarterback, doesn't mean he doesn't. See, that's the hard stop. You don't improve from there. You keep getting better. Like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think he's the best example of that. He admitted that he couldn't read defenses his first two years in the league as a starter. Uh, what did he do? He didn't just because he got paid that ridiculous contract. He didn't stop improving. He kept getting better and better. So that's just that's the only position. That, I mean, that's the transition period that we're in right now. With Jalen Hurts is he knows what kind of athlete he is. He proved it to you last year. I can win games with my legs and I can win games with my arm. But now I want to silence all the critics. Well, I don't, I don't even know if he's even worried about that. I think he's just trying to evolve as a quarterback, like you're saying, and become a pocket passer. And win from the pocket, win with from within, because he has all these weapons that he has right in front of him. And I'll take this adjustment period. I'll take that any day of the week. If you can do this this early into his career to adjust him more into a pocket passer, because I mean the Eagles got to we've done this, we've been down this road before with Donovan Nav. A young franchise quarterback who 
proved to everybody that he could be mobile, he can win with his legs, and then he started getting banged up. And then they waited until the middle of his career to try to develop him more into a pocket passer to limit these injuries. Um, in my opinion, it, it kind of hurt the process by delaying it. Uh, now, this time around, you're you're looking at Jalen Hurts being into his third year starting, and he's already trying to adapt to being more of a pocket passer already. So I think it's a good thing. I don't know why everybody would put the view in that's a, a regression or uh, as a bad thing. I just think, you know, you have to take you have to take the lump of the punches. This is a new offensive coordinator. He's trying to get adjusted with, like you said, uh, he only had two years with Saint Sitchin as his offensive coordinator, and that was his longest tenure offensive coordinator since high school. So that's going to take a toll, of course, but I think you're right. I think all we're seeing is just a quarterback adapting and becoming um, better in a in a category that we're, you know, most seeing he struggles with. And I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it at all. He's the least of my problems or my least of my concerns right now. And those three interceptions, yeah, they hurt, but they hurt against the Giants, too, when he did that in 2021. But guess what he did? He put him in a position to win, and it came down to Jalen Rager's drop. So he's proven to you, again, time and time, if he puts you in a position – that he struggles, he's still going to get your team in a position to win the game no matter what. So uh, the offenses didn't execute at all against the Jets. 14 points is unacceptable. The red zone, again, is another struggle that Brian Johnson needs to figure out. Um, hopefully, again, Julio might be able to help. We'll see, but uh, not, you know, I'm not putting much of stock into that, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I just think that you're right. I think that's exactly what needs to be said, and that's it. He's just trying to develop and become better of a pocket passer, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what you want to see from your young quarterback improving. If Hurts is still doing this with running the way he is in three or four years, I'm concerned. And, you know, I just don't think quarterbacks hold up well. And, you know, you see guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, these guys playing into their mid-30s. I mean, Hurts wants another bite at the apple here. You know, his contract's going to expire when I think he's 28. He wants to keep playing. I mean – you know, he wants longevity and I think he sees that. And I think that's good for him. You know, he's got a big picture view of things and he knows you can't play like this. Guys, you get younger and younger coming into the league as he gets older and older. And it's just not going to work for him to continue to play the way he is. So, you know, he's figuring it out now with a team that's very good, a lot of weapons around him. So this makes sense to me. Yeah, makes Absolutely. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Lane Johnson's fine. He's going to be playing against the Dolphins this weekend, which is insane. That injury looked bad. I hope he's all right because I know you said off air, and I kind of agree with you. There's times where he comes back from injuries and he's not ready yet, and he has to leave the game in the middle of the game because of it. And we're hoping that's not the case here because Jack Driscoll looked awful. I mean, it's funny that, you know, before he goes out in the field, we're talking about during the week as a trade target. Woo! Yeah, who hadn't played an offensive snap all year, and then all of a sudden, boom, there he is. I- Listen, they have Fred Johnson that they gave a contract to next year. I don't understand why Fred Johnson isn't in consideration to be the backup here. I mean, he's the guy. He's big. He's strong. I mean, I don't know why you don't throw him out there. Is he just a left tackle? Can he only back up Jordan Mulata? I mean, you have to have a, a swing tackle. You have to have a guy that can go right and left. And I guess Johnson's not that guy because when nobody's talking about him and it's going to be Driscoll if Lane has to limp off or you know, something were to happen in game and hopefully he's more prepared because he was not prepared one bit. The Eagles did him no favors. They didn't try to help or give any uh, protection to his side. They just kind of left him out there on an island. They trusted him and probably too much um, because we saw that, you know, he allowed a lot of pressures. He let Hertz get hit. 
Um, just not a good outing for Jack Driscoll. So you hope that Lane can answer the call for 70, 80 snaps, whatever they get this week against Miami. The good news is Darius Slay is going to be active this week too because Reed Blankenship is out again. Uh, yep. His injuries are coming a little concerning, if you ask me in my opinion. But uh, yep. the prize rookie possession that everybody wants to see on the field is scheduled to start for him, Sidney Brown. So uh, Joan Carter's back with Slay. That's great news. Devontae Smith's good to go as well, which is also a concern. I know he's been struggling these last couple of games, but um, not really concerned about him whatsoever either because those drops that he get, had against the Jets were just so such uncharacteristic drops. Um, that I'm I really wouldn't expect that from him again. I, I think he'll be fine. I do want to see him be a little bit more active in the stat sheet, especially since I mean, you know, I own him in fantasy. It'd be great if I get some a little bit more production, but uh, hopefully you can see that again this week against Miami, who uh, you know, is not going to have Jalen Ramsey back for this game yet. Think, I mean, kind of helps the Eagles out. They're just going to be facing Xavier Howard and uh, Javon Holiday, who's a great safety in that secondary for Miami as well. Uh, it's going to be a great game, man. I know that you talked about it uh, previously. This could be a preview of a Super Bowl matchup. So it's good to have the Eagles have majority uh, healthy as they possibly can going into this matchup. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully they're healthy. Now, one one guy that's not playing is Bradley Roby, their slot guy. I mean, it's amazing that he's the third slot corner that they've, they've had, and none of them can stay healthy. So we're back to who's going to play the slot for this team. Uh, and that's going to be a handful because they'll put Tyree Kill in the slot, and who's going to match up with him? It's not. I don't think it's going to be Bradbury moving inside. Sidney Brown can play the slot, but who's going to play safety? You know, Justin Evans is on IR. Reed Blankenship's out. Um, I, they brought back Josiah Scott. You know, I wouldn't get all excited about him. He was a guy they cut coming out of the summer to keep Mario Goodrich, but. You know, six weeks later, they change course and they say, OK, we're bringing Scott back and we're going to get rid of Goodrich. The plan failed. Um, now, maybe Goodrich will be elevated and maybe he comes in to play some slot, but they have nobody to play the slot. It's I think, just I think Josiah Scott's going to play. Well, I think Eli Ricks talking to Eli Ricks a little bit. He's been training in the slot this week. Now, last week he was all outside this week. He's getting some reps inside. So I, I could see them trying Eli Ricks in there. I mean, we saw him do a little bit of that against Cooper cup and the Rams and didn't go over real well, but it's, that's a couple of weeks ago now. So you hope that, you know, maybe, you know, he's gotten a little better. A little I more. just know I'm betting the over for Tyreek Hill. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, he's the number one receiver in the league. That guy could go over a thousand yards. He's like at 860. Yeah. You know, all he needs is 150 more yards to go over a thousand already in week seven, which is insane. Um, and AJ Brown's the second leading receiver. I mean, that's a pretty good, there's going to be a lot of talent on the field at receiver in this game with, you know, Waddle, Devonte, AJ, Tyreek Hill, you know, Braxton Barrios is good, but I wouldn't put him at that level. But, you know, you got Julio Jones, a future Hall of Famer. There's, there's a lot of talent that's going to be at that position in this game. And you hope that the Eagles, listen, I think last week's game against the Jets was just a disaster of a game plan. They All they wanted to do was throw the football. Jalen Hurts dropped back to pass over 50 times in a game. That that's just doesn't work. I mean, the week before they had such balance, 39 runs, 39 passes last week, the, the running backs had like 14 carries. It do, you think, do you think they got too cute because they saw the injury report of Sauce Gardner being out and they were like, let's pivot to just throwing it? kind of said, let's attack him in the air. And they got away from the run. Even though the Jets' defensive uh, rush defense is not very good, 29th in the league. Now, you know, the Eagles tried to run a little bit and it didn't work and they got away from it and they didn't keep trying. I mean, that was just 
that was a bad coaching job, in my opinion. And now here you're facing a Dolphins team who, yeah, Xavier Howard, I guess, is going to play, but he's listed as questionable. Uh, Nick Needham, another cornerback, he's listed as questionable. So here you are again with these two uh, cornerbacks. You have Javon Holland as a safety, who you mentioned, who's very good. But now you have two more cornerbacks that are sitting down. And I just hope the Eagles coaches aren't like, oh, let's attack in the air. Because to win this game, you're going to have to keep – if Miami gets 10 possessions in this game, they're probably going to win. So you got to limit their possessions as much as you can. And that means moving the ball on the ground. And, you know, I know Brian Johnson said that, hey, these little short passes are extensions of the run game and these bubble screens, and they're not. But, you know, that's the way he views it. Um, you're still throwing the ball. Um, so they've got to control the ball. And I do that is to give it to DeAndre Swift. I mean, the guy ran for over hundred yards in back-to-back games, very talented runner. And they become such a, such an ugly offense when they're on balance. Yeah. I mean, just 50 passes for her over 50 dropbacks is just, that's just not sustainable for any team. You don't see teams really experience a whole lot of success when they make their quarterbacks throw over 50 times in a game. Um, you know, so that was just a, you know, a lot of that loss to me is on the coaches. I thought they got out coached terribly by Robert Sala and his staff and shame on them. I mean, they should have won that game and the, the game plan was atrocious and you could say, okay, the players didn't execute it, but they needed to put them in better positions. Like Andy Reid always said. Um, and it's true. I mean, that to me was, was on the coaches, chalk that up to the coaches and they better have a better game plan against the Miami Dolphins, or they're going to lose again. I would hate to lose back. I mean, the Eagles losing back-to-back weeks, too. Just not something that we're accustomed to in the Nick Sirianni era as well. Uh, since, really, since the the flower analogy, we're not really used to that, something like that happening. So, yeah, I hate back games last year when Minshew was the quarterback, when Jalen Hurts was out, they lost two in a row. But they don't lose two in a row often. Obviously, Hurts was 22-1 and one in the regular season, so... Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but it did last year when Minshew that's was That's right. I mean, that, that's forgettable because Minshew was playing. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Other than that, it just doesn't happen to the Joe and Hurts era, what I should have said. So, uh, that's – it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for sure, especially with uh, the secondary alien as it is. And, you know, Mike McDaniel and the rushing tactic that the Miami Dolphins have, you have to just tip your hat to them because I know I said last week in the episode – you know, Brees Hall is going to be the most talented running back that the Eagles are going up against. So stopping him is going to be a good test for them. But no, this is going to be the real test. It's stopping this high-powered Miami rushing offense with Raheem Moser. Um, they have it looks like Chris Brooks is going to be out this week, but they they also have Jeff Wilson. Looks like he might be coming back, might not be out. I don't know. It hasn't really been determined yet. Uh, Salvin Ahmad, who you know stepped in pretty well, if you ask me, uh, last week against the Panthers. So they still have some talent back there running back. They still can get it done and. Again, Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to be a problem. We'll see. I mean, I I think a lot of that's being – I know it's being honed in on by the media, but I think it is being a little bit missed is Jalen Hurts wants to win this game. You can't tell me anything different than that. You can't tell me Jalen Hurts doesn't want to beat Tua. Nobody can't, can convince me otherwise. I know this game means something to him. I know it does. I, it would mean something to me. Like, put yourself in Jalen Hurts' shoes. You're going against the guy who replaced you in college. Uh, you're, you know – at a place that you won a lot of games at championships with you had mm-hmm. so much heart for this team. I mean, you've heard what Devontae said about Hertz. You've heard what Alabama players that have played against Hertz in the NFL have said about him and a teammate they are that, you know how much he was loved in that locker room and to have that job stripped away from him, from this guy. I mean, 
what better way to serve justice than going to the highest stage in the NFL and beating him? That'd be great. That's what I would want, personally, if I was in Hurts' shoes. So, yeah, I know there's going to be some fire in his belly this weekend. Uh, that He's not going to, you know, he's not going to admit to it personally, but because you know how Hurts is, but there's got to be something there. It would be if I was in his shoes. You know, listen, the, the, the danger there is you don't want to try to do too much, you know. I mean, and I asked Sirianni about this earlier in the week, like, you know, and and about, you know, any extra motivation, not that he would admit to it. But he said, you know, in the NFL, this stuff happens a lot where you play against a former teammate or a team that you've been on before or coached against, you know, coached against. So you just have to be able to if you can use it as motivation, great, but you don't want it to get too big to to the point where you make a mistake or you try to do too much. I mean, you have to stay within yourself. Yeah. I want to beat this guy. Cause I was benched at halftime in a, in a, in a very embarrassing situation of the national championship game, but I want to make sure I manage within myself and not try to do too much. And, you know, Hertz does a good job of that. He's a good job. It does a good job of compartmentalizing things. And, you know, I don't see him doing it, but boy, I, I, you know, I don't want to see him try too hard to beat Tua. I don't think anybody does. I don't think you fans want that either as well. Um be, be good if that's the case. It won't end. Know, well. I was gonna bring this up just to you know end the show real quick because you mentioned Eli Ricks in the slide, and I, I think I'm we're gonna see some Josiah Scott too, because it's funny what Sean decide does with this nickel position. You know, I don't have the guy, so I'm gonna use guy eyes. I, I like that. I kind of like that. Is, is that because it's not it's not really common. You don't really see that uh slot cornerback by committee. That's that's interesting. Well, I kinda like it. It's not by you know, it's not by choice. They well, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. But it's a, it's a better band aid than putting a backup in and leaving them out to die. It'd be great if the NFL. Who was that cornerback they signed from the Colts who was suspended? Isaiah the, Roger. Yeah, he should. Not it'd be, it'd be great if he could. If the NFL says, "Okay, we're going to shorten your suspension to six games, and you can come back," that won't happen. But that's what no. they. Need. I mean, they need someone to come in and take control of that position. And you hoped Bradley, uh, Bradley Roby would be the guy, but he's got a shoulder injury. I don't think he's going to end up on IR. I think it's kind of a week to week. He may end up missing next week too, or listen, they only have three games left until they're by. So um, if you go on IR now, you you really have to be hurt. So, uh, you know, I don't think they'll put him on IR, but you would hope that it would have been him to come in and take control of it. And, and Sky can play safety too. So, you know, you can mix and match in the slot. You can put Sydney in there and put Scott at safety for a few plays or roll Ricks in there and put Brown back at safety and put Scott back on the bench. I mean, you've right. got options, but you know, how good are they? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Brown can do it, but you need a guy to play safety. I mean, losing Reed is huge. I mean, it, it would have really hurt to lose Lane, of course, because the Eagles just aren't very good when he's not in the lineup. Right. Which is weird. I mean, I think they're like ten. That excuse is getting so tiring to me too, because it's kind of yeah. becoming a yearly thing. You have to be ready for it. Yeah. Um, and they need to draft. They need to go out in this draft next year. And we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. But they need to go find his replacement. No, they do. No, they do. They 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 so, have to they they've had to follow the Andre Diller formula and hope it works better results this time. Yeah. But that said, I mean, I think that uh, losing Reed Blankenship. Not as big as if you would have lost Lane for the game, but it's not far behind just because he get brought stability to the safety spot. And now they're in a real bind because they don't have Justin Evans. He went on IR. This will be, I think, his second game he's going to miss. So he's out till right before the bye. 
Um, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll, you think they're going to make a trade, you would think, but other teams know that Howie's in a bind. They're not just going to give a guy away. I mean, they're going to want a lot. The so, options are getting limited, too, because Jeremy Chin's out for six weeks now. Yeah. That's, that's you know, good as done. Came off IR, though. Maybe he's a possibility. Maybe Justin Simmons. The Broncos stink. They're not going anywhere. They don't have any draft capital because they gave everything away for Russell Wilson. So, you know, maybe they'll try to trade Simmons. I, I don't know. But you would think that it's not going to be easy to make a trade because other teams know that Howie's in a bind here. And they're not going to be in any rush to help the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. I mean, I wouldn't. I I was looking at some contracts and Kevin Bayard, his deal is easy to get out of and it would be a good rental for the meantime. I think being the veteran that he is, he could pick up the system quickly. And I, I don't think the Titans are, with a new GM, I think they're in a position to start selling and accumulate picks, especially with how they're looking lately. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles are able to pry away Kevin Byard and bring him back to Philadelphia where he's, his hometown is. Or, I mean, people are going to think this is kind of out there, but He's getting healthy again. He has experience with Sean Desai being his defense corner once upon a time. And his contract is very easy to get out of if needed to or restructured. Eddie Jackson with the Bears. I mean, I, the Bears are going absolutely nowhere. Uh, I feel like they're going to be having a whole new coaching staff at the end of the year anyways when it comes to uh, cleaning house. Why not just start you know, shipping off assets that you have and accumulate draft picks so you can give that new regime uh, make their choices to pick their own players? Uh, I think Eddie Jackson might be a name that we also have to monitor there too. And he would fit exactly what the Eagles need uh, right now perfectly too from a coverage standpoint. So, uh, And I think here's the major problem, Ed, that the Eagles are missing that they had last year on defense. And if they just had it this year, they would have, oh my God, this defense would be unstoppable. They're missing Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's interceptions. His ability to, it doesn't matter. He was at the right place at the right time. He forced turnovers. That's really what set the tone for that team. Uh, and we, I don't want to say the Eagles took it for granted, but we kind of took it for granted not knowing we weren't going to be able to replace those turnovers. So if they were to bring in a guy like Eddie Jackson who can accumulate interceptions, because he always seems to be in the right place at the right time, I think that could just propel this team uh, to look even stronger defensively towards the season end. And that's when you want to see it the most. So uh, Kevin Barnard and Eddie Jackson are names out there that I would monitor. But again, you're right. Uh, there's not that many safety options anymore, and a lot of teams do need safeties. So we'll see. I mean, the Patriots might move on from Jalen Mills too, and that might be a name to see as well that could possibly come back. But I think now that they're signing a wide receiver, they're kind of letting us know, hey, if we make a trade, it's going to be defensive back, and that's probably it. Yeah. Well, to your point about Chauncey Gardner and the interceptions, I mean, the Eagles haven't forced a turnover since week three when Blanken yeah. intercepted Mayfield. They're minus one in the turnover takeaway department. The Dolphins are minus four, which is surprising because it's hard for a team to want to get in the playoffs to have a, a, a negative figure in that turnover takeaway department. Um, not having one since week three is concerning. Uh, they've six, they've forced and well, they've recovered six fumbles, which is the second most in the league heading into week seven. The Jags had uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars had seven going into their game against uh, the Saints on Thursday night. I don't know if they got a, a fumble recovery or not, but they had seven. The Eagles had six, which is a high number. Um, they only have two interceptions. Blankenship and Slay are the only two. And Bradbury, I talked to him about it, and he said he just needs to get a little bit more aggressive at his position. He needs to stop laying back 
and he needs to kind of play it a little bit more aggressively. And you hope he doesn't get burned. But, you know, Bradbury understands his team hasn't picked off passes. And they, I mean, last year after six games, they were plus six in the turnover takeaway. Now, listen, Hurts' seven interceptions, they certainly don't help. Three in one game, that's not going to help that margin. But they were plus six last year. And a lot of that was because of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was an interception machine. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's got to change. They've got to get some turnovers here, especially on Sunday night, because that would shorten Miami drives, right? Take the ball away from them and potentially give your offense a shorter field to work on. So to me, I, the turnover battle is going to be huge in this game, whoever wins it. And the Dolphins haven't had a turnover since week three, either when they stopped the Broncos 70 to 20. They had two forced fumbles with recoveries and an interception against the Broncos, but they haven't gotten any either. So I think these teams are going to be, you know, Zach Cunningham told me this week in the in the locker room, the linebacker, he told me too that there's a renewed emphasis this week. They're working on it. They've been doing tip pass drills. They've been working on the jugs machine. Um, they're really emphasizing turnovers. And I think it's going to, that's what it's going to take. Even if it's just one turnover, I think whoever wins this turnover battle is going to win this game. All right, my dogs are going crazy just because my girlfriend just got home. So we're going to end the show here. Ed, real quick, what's your score prediction for this game? Hard to pick the Eagles with, you know, it looks like Josiah Scott's going to be the 16th defensive back to start for the Eagles, which is insane. Uh, and this Miami offense, listen, Miami hasn't beaten anybody this year. Their combined wins are against teams that are 5-24. and 24. They've beaten three 1-5 and five teams. They've beaten a winless team. So they're out to prove that, hey, we, we can beat a good team. You know, and I think the Eagles can win. Uh, I know you were saying you think the Dolphins are going to win. You said that last week before they lost to the Jets. But I, I think the Dolphins are going to probably find a way to win this game, maybe like 31 to 28. It's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be a lot of points. And But I think the Dolphins prevail. I'm not going to lie to you. It would be typical Eagles fashion to lose to the Jets and then come back out next week and beat the Dolphins, though. It would be typical Eagles fashion to do that, something like that. Drop a game like that against the Jets. I'm not picking them, though. I still think it's going to be the Dolphins, but I'm just saying it would be typical Eagles fashion to drop a game like that against the Jets and then somehow beat the Dolphins soundly, and everybody's like, what the? How did this team lose to the Jets? That's exactly what type of Eagles team are, because I remember – I, this is the one example of many times that this has happened to me as an Eagles fan, but they got destroyed by the Buccaneers. They got destroyed by the Lions on Thanksgiving, and they go into New England and they beat the Patriots. Chip Kelly, his last year with the Eagles. That's mm -hmm. one example of the many times I can – these quirky losses to straight to wins that the Eagles have gone through uh, through my time as a fan. So I won't say it's impossible. I'm not saying that they're not, they, they couldn't win this game, but uh, right now, like just with the injuries in the secondary and – how this Dolphins offense is looking, I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a good test for us to see what kind of team we are going further. I think they're going to play a lot of zone defense, and maybe that helps. I mean, they can't match up one-on-one -on -one with any of these receivers, so they're going to have to play zone, 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 and hope they play it right and get a couple stops. Um, we'll see. It's I Listen, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I You know, uh, I'm not feeling good oh, about it. I hope it. I'm wrong, too, of course. But, we'll, I mean, we got to say how we feel. That's what we're here for. So. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. So we'll see you next week to discuss this game and tell you more Eagles news that's also available. We'll talk to you guys then. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.